Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of We Are Not Movie Critics. I'm your host James, and I'm here with my two co-hosts Will and Mark. How are you guys doing? Great! No matter how many times we do this, I I always still forget everything other than Mark. It's fine, people don't know that this is like my second take already, so it's fine, it's going to be good. Just as a little rundown of how this is going to work, we're going to do a breakdown of the the movie news of the week. It's a little bit light on the the ground this week because there hasn't really been much going on because of like writer strike and actor strike, but we're going to try and make it work. Uh, We also have an interview segment, so every week we're going to get someone new on or someone existing on to do a little rundown of their favourite movie or a movie that feels really important to them or that they have very poignant memories with. I do Um, like the the thought of someone new or someone who already exists in this world. Or existing cemented that. Until then I was like, oh, this sounds normal. And then, or existing. And then finally, we're just going to do a little section at the end of what we're reading, what we're watching, what kind of things that are coming up uh, that we're excited for. Uh, and we'll see how we go. We'll just have a little bit of a light chat and see see what happens. So moving on to our first news segment, uh, obviously, Barbenheimer is taking over the world. It, it is still it is about to surpass 900 million but global box office. And I haven't actually seen Barbie yet. I don't know if you guys have I'm seen the only true fan. All of you fake fans out there. I have listened to it a lot. Yeah, friends played it on repeat yeah. at, a, at a festival. So I've listened to the soundtrack a lot. Oh, nice. I haven't I've still not actually seen it. I've literally oh. heard nothing from it yet. I'm just Ken has been playing a lot for me. Ooh, <laughs> is, yes. I'm not kidding. It, it is a banger. It's good and it makes me feel good. Is it yeah. a good song? It is, it is a genuinely a really good song. We have, we have La La Land right there. We know Ryan Gosling can sing. Um, but no, it is, it is a wonderful... It makes me feel... Enough. You cannot. I, am I really cannot. wish you'd oh stopped it. It makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Barbie and Oppenheimer. I don't know how you watch them together. I really I think, don't. Know. I think the Barbenheimer would work. I think you go into you go into Oppenheimer. You, you really don't get start. You start. You've got to start Oppenheimer. You're nuts if you go into Barbie first. Like no, you've got to go Oppenheimer first, and then you get lifted back up by Barbie. I reckon. Otherwise, I mean, you're just like coming out of the cinema down on your down on your luck a bit. A bit. Um. But like. I could not. I could not handle the the tonal whiplash of end of Oppenheimer. No spoilers, but like, you you know what happens. <laughs> um, what's to, what's your perception of it been? Obviously, where you haven't seen any of them, you've been eager to go and watch them. Are there one that's more your tailored that you think you'd go and watch? Uh, unashamedly, I think Barbie. Yeah. I I mean, I want to watch both desperately. Yeah. I think Oppenheimer will be incredible, but I think it's. Barbie's very new to the scene in terms of its style and then how political it is, but mm. in a way that doesn't seem to piss people off too much. Yeah. Oh, people are mad still. Oh, people are very <laughs> mad. People are always mad. But... People are very mad. Uh, one of the questions like, I wanted to pose to you guys is that with the example I gave uh, earlier was that superhero movies, they seem to be going this very multiversal route at the moment. They seem to, that's what every studio is trying to capitalize on. What do you think kind of the wrong lessons that Barbie and like executives of that film are going to learn from this? Do you think they're going to go down the route of like... It's going to be the same multiverse. <laughs> well, Barbie multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Barbie basically already is a multiverse now. There's all the different Barbies and Ken. Exactly. So we're yeah. going to be getting all the different Barbies. Is, then, is there a Barbie in there that's like a spin-off that you might get? Like... Um, I'm a, a, like My only frame of reference for multiverse right now is comics. Mm-hmm. So I think things are going to get absolutely messed up and terrible and like we'll start over <laughs> mm. we can do we can do more barbie though do you think, um do you think there's scope for um like i saw a couple of ideas on the news where it was like they're potentially making like a hot wheels film now oh i think like things like that is that going to be like need for speed or fast yeah. and furious but in hot wheels format i think i think it could kind of work if you go down the aspect of like shrinking it down and you do it as like they are toys and it's like a toy world. Yeah. And you have it driving around like a course of like you just, the house yeah. or something like that. You're in the danger of it just not living up to Toy Story mm. and the already toy genre yeah. movies that are out there. I like and toy genre. <laughs> to take it all the way back to the original Small Soldiers, yeah. which is now now that I say that, I'm like, well, I've changed my mind on what movie I'm doing for my sake. God, <laughs> I thought about that. Film Small Soldiers is an incredible Spider Man's Girlfriends in it. And. <laughs> Wait, is it Mary Jane? Mary Jane or yeah. uh, Kirsten Stewart? Or Kirsten Stewart. As in Tobey Maguire. Definitely not Kirsten Stewart. No, no, not Kirsten Stewart. Which which one am I thinking of? The the girlfriend Kirsten of Harry, Dunst. Po- uh, Harry Potter. 
Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten, I'm thinking of Twilight, isn't it? Yeah, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. She's in it. Second childhood crush She's after not... the fox from the animated Robin Hood. Of course. Yes, of course, your childhood crush. I remember I this. think everyone, like one in three people, I'm going to assume, who have watched that movie are just like, I gave a look. This is very good audio content. <laughs> but... <laughs> Still, I don't know. You know what? You don't. You're not alone in that opinion. I've spoken to so many people, and they've gone. Oh, do you know what? My childhood crush. Maid Marian. That was my first animated love. fox. I'm not, let's not love. forget Robin Hood himself. Like it's very fox. My my mum enjoys telling anybody I bring to meet my family <laughs> about how she used to find me sat pausing, rewinding, and rewatching the the scene introduction of Maid Marian in that film. That is at five years adorable. old. That's adorable. Do you think there's a? Do you think going back to obviously our topic we were talking about? Do you think there's any other studios that could work in terms of like toy films? Do you think there's any more scope? Do you think it's played out? I don't. So I think what makes Barbie work is the fact that it isn't a toy film. Mm. Like it is sort of a viewing device, like a narrative device of like, oh yeah, they are toys, but like that's not at all like yeah. intrinsic mm-hmm. to anything. Um, it's did... a few gags, but like it really isn't actually a whole lot going on. Yeah. Um, how did you how did you feel about it? Did you did you obviously enjoy it? It Great. was really good. Yeah. Um I thought it was one percent better than Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um I like I definitely see myself like if someone were like, You wanna watch Barbie? I'm like, Yeah, I'll watch Barbie again. <laughs> um but it was just it was very, very good. Like I was I, I went into it um I think the initial trailer was the two thousand one Space Odyssey trailer. Um and that's the only thing that I watched and I was like, sold, let's go. And I had nothing else going into it. Um, and it was exactly as weird as it needed to be. And it drew me in immediately. And I never stopped being drawn in. <laughs> um, but I, I do like it a lot. And I think if people are going to l- learn in a bad way from the success mm. of the Barbie movie, it's probably going to, I think it's probably going to be the, like the sort of, they're going to try to recreate the feel. And I think that's probably similar to like, if we're going to go back to Marvel because Marvel is such a cultural headstone right now. Yeah. Um, Iron Man happened and they're like Superman, not Superman, but super people. Yeah. They're rich and quip and they're cool. And all of them do that. And then guardians of the galaxy made it forever. I picked the best week to literally have our first episode. It's great. One of the things is that Clive Evan, I'd love to get to this level of uh, celebrity for a start, that there's people have been writing uh, articles on IMDb about him that he is afraid of badgers. And it's gotten to such an extent that he had to come out on a uh, interview show because he's not allowed to obviously promote any of the films that he's in at the moment because of the strike. So he's had to come out on national TV and announce that he's not in fact actually scared of badgers, which I thought was just, uh, just ridiculous to have to actually come out and talk about. It is also the sort of thing someone who is afraid of badgers would say (laughs) it kind of is now that you kind of like had to come out and really clarify that i wouldn't i didn't know anything about this now and now i know that this man might be afraid of badgers you 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 wouldn't come out and say oh i'm not totally not this thing has anyone tested it i don't know i reckon like the next talk show that he goes on i reckon we need to get a badger on and uh, (laughs) just like put it to his face or something i don't know i can't tell what's more ridiculous that this is our news segment or (laughs) that he has had to come out and say he's not afraid of badges but no this is very important (laughs) and please treat it with the respect that it deserves (laughs) but it does it leads on quite nicely obviously with the writer's strike and uh, the actor strike at the moment there's been several properties that are obviously delayed some of those include Beyond the Spider-Verse, uh, Uncoupled by uh, Netflix with Neil Patrick Harris. I think that got quite a lot of love from a uh, different demographic. The Last of Us Season 2 is mm. delayed. The Boys Season 4 is delayed. Ugh. Stranger Things Season 5 is also delayed. The Those two story, hit me. It's, it's really, it's affecting all media and it's going to affect and it's going to continue to affect, obviously, any uh, pro- properties that come out. There hasn't been a, a big writer strike like this since back in the early 2000s. Yep. Uh, a lot of... Uh, shows movies and things at that time were cancelled one of the ones that really sticks out for me and hurts me was at that time heroes i don't know if you guys watched yeah. that at the time the tv show the tv show yeah, yeah that season one phenomenal absolutely mm. amazing and the rest of them were good and too. the rest of them were <laughs> questionable because it was right in the midst of the writer's strike um so it doesn't make me nervous. Another another big one was like Quantum of Solace at that time. Oh, James Bond that film. was ju- that was that was a writer strike issue. So really, they that explains shooting. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so they were. It's why it feels to me at least very tonally different. I guess yes. from the others, it's like yeah. very, just a bit. It is not a James together. Bond movie. It just 
has the people in it. Yeah. It's kind of just like James Bond-esque. Yeah, it's kind of like very generic spy, just this is this way is, whereas the others feel a bit, I don't know, feel more James Bond. Mm. But yeah, it continues to obviously like drag on. Um, the end of the thing is obviously I hope they sort it out. I hope they pay uh, people what they're earned and, and they sort that situation out. I think like the main aspects of it at the moment is that they want assurances over AI. Um, yeah. They want assurances yes. that obviously things like where chat gpt is taking off and it's only going to get better from this point on they want assurances that they've got job security which i think is a very fundamental uh thing they want um the idea of residuals so like royalties yeah exactly like that um but with netflix at the moment they're not required to release Mm -hmm. their viewership so they don't have to tell so any show it could be watched a all over the world. So the example friends. that I saw, yeah, it could be it could be friends. <laughs> yeah. But the one that was stuck out to me was Squid Game. So uh, during the obviously during the pandemic, that took over the world for a little bit. Like everybody, if you haven't watched it, like you know what it is. Everyone immediately knows the name. Um, and the guy, the creator, the writer behind it, got basically nothing, even though it was like billions. It yeah. made billions for Netflix. And there's season two obviously coming. They're doing more of it, but. It's going to continue on like that, and I think like very fundamentally, people want assurances of mm. of, of what they're worth and what of they can getting do. Getting paid for work, yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> and I think like to me at least, and I'm not going to obviously go on about a stance that I have on it, um, but I think it leads to if they're compensated fairly, they're compensating in a good way, they're going to be able to pick and choose jobs a bit better, and they can actually have a bit of pushback on on CEOs and higher ups about the kind of content that they're making. So that can only lead to good. It must suck as someone that wants to break into a creative space to have to be told you have to write it this way, otherwise you're not going to be able to feed your family or have a place to live or something like that. So, If you don't make it a competitive career, then yeah, yeah. you're never going to get better and better movies. Yeah. You're not going to drive people into something if it's unsustainable for them to do. It needs to be rewarded for for the work that's put in. Exactly, and I think it's like that with all walks of life, isn't it? You've got to have like a certain level of competitiveness to keep that quality up. But when people are fearing for their lives and their livelihood and all of that, it's probably not a good atmosphere to work in. It's probably not a great industry to work in. So. Yeah, I hope it resolves and I hope that these productions can get back underway because some of the ones in there are really close to my heart. I like a lot of those, yeah. Trying to get like a a big demographic of different shows there, but there are tens and twenties of properties. I think uh, if you're going to the cultural big one at the moment, obviously Marvel, as you said, I think they've delayed basically all of their shows up until November. Um, It's kind of the one that bothers me least, though. (laughs) Stranger Things in the Boys definitely hit me. Because I had no idea until you and Spider Verse until you sent that round, and then I was like, "Oh well, you've you've ruined my week." I'm so sorry. (laughs) Let's let's do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over and over. Yeah, which leads on, I think, nicely to our next segment and probably what's going to make up the main portion of the podcast, um, and especially going forward. So again, just to reiterate, we're going to hopefully every week we're going to bring somebody on, uh, and if you do want to get involved with that, drop me a message and we can we can get that sorted. But yeah, we're going to get somebody on to talk about something that is really important to them or a movie that they've got really deep memories and ties to. Um, so starting off, we're going to be talking about Spirited Away. Um, and it's brought brought to you by, by Will. So uh, I'm just going to kind of hand it over to him a little bit and just sort of say, can you give us, like, for anyone that hasn't watched it uh, yes. or is thinking about watching it, what kind of rundown of the plot is it? Again, no spoilers. But. <laughs> it is... Um... First and foremost, it is uh, probably the most impactful piece of uh, Japanese animation to come around. It's sort of, it is a movie that a lot of people realize like, oh, this is meaningful. This has something, which is uh, probably the most famous animation studio. I'm going to say in the world. Probably not, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon the baby. You can make a case for it, and that's probably like... Mm-hmm. Says enough about it in that sense. It's it's, like, it's very big. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki has been creative mastermind and animator for the for a lot of these movies, um, and everything he makes um, touches on something sort of fantastic. It is all very clearly Japanese. Um, there's a lot of inspiration there. Uh, to get into the movie, uh, we start with our protagonist Chihiro. She is, I think, she's a young girl, probably between the ages of eight and twelve. I'm not sure which I think is kind of the target demographic of just young person. Um, but I mean, 
watching it as an adult, it's still extremely touching, um, is moving. Guess what? People move sometimes, and it is a rough time in their life. Um, and uh, her parents are taking her to their new home, and she's clearly distraught. Then uh, through sort of bullheadedness and other sort of bad decisions, the parents decide, like, oh, we'll just, like, take a weird shortcut. And we, they go through this very weird tunnel, and on the other side they find what they assume to be is an abandoned amusement park. Um, and they just sort of meander about, <laughs> um, all to Chihiro's protests. Um, but they quickly find themselves in uh, the spirit world. Um, a lot of sort of weird stuff starts to go on and they get trapped. Chihiro handles it not like how you might expect in a lot of movies where like, wow, a magical spirit world. No, she immediately hates it. <laughs> um, she is incredibly distraught. I got that vibe when yeah. I was watching it. Um, and like, she has very little agency over herself. Um, throughout the movie, you meet a lot of incredible, like, very strange uh, people. All of them are sort of fantastical and magical in a somewhat unsettling way, um, which I think makes sense and I think is uh, probably how it would feel if that were to happen mm-hmm. and tries to make it back and save her parents. Yeah. That's the movie. Also, there's a lot of really one- wonderful animation and it's set in a cool bathhouse. So that's <laughs> neat. It is great. Like, that's the kind of vibe it, it, I got from it. Like I, There's definitely that aspect of her really hating it. And I felt yes. that for, to begin with. I, I think, honestly, the first thought that I had when I was watching this is that her, her dad is the true awful. villain of this story. Yeah. He is awful. Yeah. He is terrible. Like, I, I remember sat there and I was kind of watch, watching and he goes, I think there's a line right at the start where he goes, uh, Daddy's got credit cards. Yeah, or something like the that. cash like, and credit cards. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and it's like, well, in the con- in this context, he just starts taking food. And it's like, we can pay for it later. It's whatever. Um, and this is what gets them stuck there, basically. Yeah. Um, I think at that point they could have left, but they're just start both of the her parents just start eating food that isn't theirs. It's very unsubtle in that, in that they mm-hmm. immediately then, and I don't know how far we are through the no spoilers yeah, segment, yeah. but they immediately get turned into pigs. Yes. yes. And it's not hiding the gluttony and sort of no. shaming yeah. of their attitude towards the, the yeah, like you say. The metaphor taking is free food. right in your face. I yeah. think like going back to like the animation style as well and go, talking about the pigs and stuff as well, it's very, it's unsettling. It like, is. It's very unsettling. And I think like Spirited Away very much leans into certain points like very horror aspects oh for it, sure it, like touches on it and I was quite shocked by that because I had I, I'm I'm not afraid to say like my Studio Ghibli knowledge is very lacking like this is probably the first time as an adult I've sat down and watched a Studio Ghibli film and I was like shocked at how real yes it mm-hmm. is in the it's, sense of a spirit world it gets like there's very real themes that it deals with well, that's what I was going to say is you both mentioned on her sort of not enjoying it mm-hmm. but I would say it's I almost disagree in the sense that as you've just said it's very real I think for for what it is she enjoys she she meets people she she kind of finds herself she has somewhat of a good time but as you would be if you went from not ever having experienced a mystical spirit world to randomly being dropped into one she is partly terrified and, and wants to get back yeah. so to say that she doesn't enjoy it there I think is misleading into make it sound like she's almost yeah not having a good time I think she does want to get back and she wants to get back to her parents but I think throughout the film she definitely enjoys her time there and and doesn't leave there wishing none of it had happened I um I think now are we doing spoilers now yeah, we can, we can do spoilers. Like, I'm going to try my best to time code uh, things below. And, like, if you do uh, want to jump around and don't care about what we're saying at certain points, obviously feel free to to jump around. Um, but, yeah, we'll jump into a bit of non-spoiler territory so we can actually depack it a bit more and yeah. go, like, go from there. I think, I mean, to me, this whole movie is sort of about growing up. Um, and I think that's pretty apparent. Um and I, I like she definitely comes into herself a lot more at the end of the movie she is extremely capable at the beginning of the movie she can't do anything yeah. <laughs> um, she can barely walk down stairs um, which to be is, fair those stairs are were very scary stairs <laughs> but um, I love that scene she goes she flies into that wall <laughs> I was like okay she's dead like, <laughs> she... Chihiro gets concussed seven times in this movie <laughs> um, 
but like I think I, I I feel like I disagree with you. I think she becomes a lot more. Um, she gets a sort of onus of control in her situation, and I feel like she feels she starts to begin to feel capable, and she makes a lot of meaningful connections. But her entire time there, it's always about trying to get out and trying to leave. It is. It is about trying to leave, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. But I, I think saying she hates her time there is... Probably wrong, yeah. yeah. A, a very generalized way of saying she is rightly terrified and confused as we all would be. And it's very realistic for how irrealistic it is in that sense mm -hmm. and a lot of the characters you meet like you said the i can't think of his name now but the the guy who fuels the bathhouses oh um well oh, it translates to literally bath bathhouse foreman yeah i, can't remember what it is in. And I, I can't think of his name but he's like a spider yeah man. yeah man, I say, man uh, spider kanjiro something like that some like that. he kumaji yeah, he um he is terrifying yeah. and he is yeah. friendly in a way yeah. but but in a very realistic way of like he clearly they're game. aware that they're in the spirit realm mm -hmm. and he's like oh there's some random human here I, I have no time for you but it's still somewhat caring and mm -hmm. kind even though he is terrifying and rude yes um <laughs> and i think that's the very realistic element of it is she's dropped into this mystical world and people are just kind of like you're a nuisance here and that's why she doesn't I... enjoy her time there in some way. But equally, I think for what it is, she does enjoy it. Yeah. In terms of she is <laughs> I... dropped into a terrifying situation yeah. for a child to be in. Oh, absolutely. And it's handled very realistically for something so mystical and magical. Yeah. yeah. I think she comes out the other side of the film, obviously, like in a much stronger like, position yes. in herself. And I think that relates, as you as you alluded to, like. It's very relatable. I think there's a lot of times in people's lives that they go through something as a as a child and they come out the other side of it and they're a lot stronger for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I, I want to pull it back a little bit to obviously focus in on kind of what what was going on with you and and uh, <laughs> what happened at that uh, at that time. So do you, mm -hmm. do you remember like the first time you had experience with very this much. film? Um, so uh, to bring it back. Uh, my mom had showed both me and my brother, uh, my neighbor Totoro. Mm. Um, I was probably like two years old. I don't remember it at all. Um, but she she fell in love with the movie. It's just like, it's just fun kids having a fun time um, in a meaningful story that people can watch. And it's not just trash children mm. animation. Um, but she had, um, she kept that and she's like, oh, well, when she heard that this movie exists... Um, and this was one of this like before before Spirited Away came out, it was a little bit difficult to get a hold of um, anything like this. Uh, but this Spirited Away came out in theaters. I think it was I'm pretty sure it was Disney that handled the localization. Yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, well, let's go watch this movie um, in a real movie theater. And I think at the time, I can't remember exactly when I had watched it. But uh, at 10 years old, I also moved um, from uh, Virginia to Ohio. I'm American, unlike the other two people, in case you couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell from movie theater <laughs> instead of cinema. Uh, let's get ready for more of that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I related with Chihiro, Chihiro so immensely. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I, I was openly bawling in that theater several times um because i just could not handle like i just felt so overwhelmed over her situation and i think i was projecting extremely heavily um i think that plays into how relatable it is exactly it is so it's, relatable it's it's a very human struggle to obviously want to find where you belong and, mm -hmm. and find where you feel at home and, and feeling like you don't yeah. somewhere and yeah not to dredge up too much past mm -hmm. issues potentially here for you will but feeling very isolated from your parents at that <laughs> age as well. With, yes. with moving cities, for your parents, they know what's going on. Everything is somewhat within their control. For a, a child at that age, it does feel Not like you've been dropped into mm -hmm. another world. Um, for, for reference, Will is now crying. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside and also silently on the outside. Um, I did almost cry a couple times when rewatching this movie. It's hard not to. Yeah. It is a, a incredible movie. Even if you 
don't find any of the themes upsetting. I think just the mm-hmm. the, the beauty of the film is mm-hmm. enough to almost bring you to tears. Oh, it is yes. it is something yeah. else. Is there is there a specific scene that that grabbed both of you? Because like the way I watch movies and the way I watch TV and media, and it's it's a lot easier in TV when a specific episode like you're watching like a 10 episode thing and you mm-hmm. get gripped by the third episode and you're like right I've got to watch this continually I've got to do this and that there was definitely a point in this film that that happened for me I wasn't feeling straight away connected to it obviously because again this is my first Studio Ghibli film mm-hmm. but there was definitely a point where I was like okay I'm all in I'm in, I want to yeah. watch this was there was there one for you when you were watching it when you when, were younger? when I was younger um, I it's hard to remember mm-hmm. but I definitely remember feeling very upset immediately as soon as uh spirits start to come around yeah um so i definitely wanted to continue watching to like i need to make sure my my stand-in for me is okay i definitely remember starting to feel a little bit better probably i'm gonna say once um Basically, once once Lynn like smiles at her, is like, "You did great," and I'm like, "She did too great." <laughs> is that after the bath? Uh, no, before that, um, just when she gets a job, uh, and she's okay. like, "You made it. You survived." You did. You did. But um, when I rewatched it, as now, I mean, I've watched this movie. I'm gonna say at least seven times. Yeah. Um, but more recently, when uh, when she realized she forgets her name. I was like, oh no, I forgot. It's, it's really, it was that that bit got me as well, where she's yeah. like, oh, I couldn't remember. And she, That's she obviously gets really upset, yeah. she, as, as you would. Like, mm-hmm. It's quite a scary thing to have taken away from you, like your yeah. name and your identity, and it, your name is so much power to you. And I think like that was my central sort of takeaway from the film, at, at least at first, was don't let anybody take your name and take your identity Mm -hmm. and like you are who you are and like that really spoke to me at a time um it really spoke yeah it really spoke to me Mm -hmm. um so i guess if i had to if i had to say to like sort of some of that central message for you and we'll go back to obviously the individual scenes and and continue talking about that but like for you what was that overall message just plain and simple of like your understanding of the film and what you what it means to you and like what it takes away to me I think I mean I could keep, I could go on, mm-hmm. um, but the thing I most noticed while rewatching was how often Jahiro's like um, I'm okay, no thank you, I don't need that. Yeah, which of of course goes back to her parents who are <laughs> absolutely just like mm, give me give me, give me. <laughs> but like the uh, downplay of excess, the uh, only taking what you need and sort of making sure that everyone else around you is okay because like she's constantly like. It's like, oh, I was going to do this for me, but you can have it too. Um, making sure that people around her are okay. While she herself is probably the lowest person at this bathhouse. Yeah. Um, She's definitely regarded as that. Like, yes. The literal people downright say, <laughs> oh, you stink. Yeah. At certain points in the film. Like, it's the rewarding of innocence throughout <laughs> the film as well. So many people, yeah, take, take pity on her and help her. Yeah. For the fact that she is this helpless child that is also... Like you say, very giving and pure-hearted. Yeah, and like even like even probably the most monstrous thing in this movie, No Face, is doing this because she just, he just really likes her. He yeah. really is like, I want you to like me in the worst way. Handled it. Might I say a little bit really terribly? Also, <laughs> you know the the frog. Yeah, the frog. He gets a bad deal. In this he does. Film. He gets a very bad deal. He's the first one to get eaten. And also, he mm-hmm. runs up to Haku at the start, and he's like, "Oh my God, Master Haku, nice to see you!" And he immediately just gets <laughs> just like, essentially sucker punched with yeah. magic. Yeah. Like this frog gets a bad deal. But... He gets a new job. <laughs> yeah, but like as you say, like that the no face in it has become cultural. Like, oh yeah, like, it's it's all it's over the face the of the it's, film. The first, just yes, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's that, and to me, it's like Yubaba as well. Like when I googled yeah. it because I googled it to begin with before I watched it just to have a look at sort of the art style and, and pick a, a good few things to obviously go on I'll go on the socials but like that jumped out to me like obviously no face is everywhere and mm-hmm. power is everywhere as well so but almost no one in the film is all good or all bad all your villains have reasons for why they do it exactly and, and I mean Lynn is probably an exception from that although she is a bit mean at the start I suppose so maybe you could argue the same with her but Haku has two sides to him. The the giant baby is <laughs> the giant a giant baby, baby. <laughs> and is both 
I cannot remember that baby's name. I've got it here as Bo, B-O-H. I don't know if they um, say that in the movie. <laughs> no, nor do I. But pretty much everybody in the film has has a good side to them, even the the just villains, like if you want to wife. call them that. Exactly. It's a. It's it's just a very nice film. Yeah, your father's just cool. a working mom. Yeah, I guess I guess she is. I guess she's busy. <laughs> She's busy all the time. She's running a bathhouse. Like yeah. she's got hundreds of employees at this point. Mm-hmm. I do love that. Like, it feels like no one in the bathhouse likes Haku at all. Like they see yeah, him as, as it's a very a, like middleman, middle manager. Like just uh, probably an informant. Like a, maybe he is a snitch. Maybe he. Is. Um, but I don't know. I have in in my in my heart. I have I have a soft spot for a scoundrel thief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you asked earlier james about scenes in the film that that triggered something and i think haku getting attacked by the it's like small paper Mm -hmm. birds cried at that one that scene that scene definitely hit home and then chihiro and lin tending to him Mm. afterwards that that scene definitely yeah got me weirdly reminded me of shang chi and the Ten rings, seven rings. Yeah, yeah. Can never uh, remember. Ten rings. I think the, it is. The, yeah, the, the, the dragon scene in that where yeah, it's getting yeah. attacked by the small <laughs> things. Not that the movies are anyway similar <laughs> in any form. <laughs> I mean, they both have dragons of them, and that's all I really care yeah. about. Two dragons as Two well. Dragons. <laughs> Second dragon. First dragon. Second dragon. River spirit. They're both river yeah. spirits. So that there was that was actually the scene that really gripped me, and that was the point where I was I was thinking where. It was when she baths what you think is this horrible, stink horrible monster. stink monster, and everyone looks at it with disgust and disdain. And everybody's got such expectations on her as well. Everyone's exactly. like, "She's no way you're going to be able to do yeah, this." Yeah. And then she calls in her favors, yeah. gets the super soap. Yeah, it's a real. It is the character. I think it's for me. It's like the character growth moment of the film. That is kind where of see her, yeah. like push forward and sort of in the face of adversity I guess like push forward and, and, and get over that hurdle she becomes um, less of a dope yeah and I think <laughs> I'm like, sorry I called you dope <laughs> like the animation of that whole scene it's is so fantastic good. like that muck monster being washed clean essentially with all this dirt and grime and everything that comes out all this junk that comes out of its uh, <laughs> its system and then it's just transformed into this like beautiful like dragon and I guess it's like kind of like like the childhood innocence in a way where she just goes into that situation and she pushes forward with it and is ultimately rewarded for that and is mm-hmm. ultimately rewarded for her uh, her spirit. So yeah, it really gripped me at that moment. I can't think what is the background on that character and why it's so covered in muck. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't not sure. Oh, I could absolutely tell you. Yeah, like, please do because um, I know they do go into it and I can't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, like I mean. A lot of a lot of Miyazaki movies touch on humanity ruining the environment, <laughs> and like you get it too with Haku. Like it's very brief. It's like they build apartments on your river, and it's like that's why I can't go back. Which is like really small, but also like a, a, a very small bit of like oh, that's happening everywhere. <laughs> um, Pointing the finger at the viewer. Yeah, yeah. But clearly, his river's been polluted. Like all the junk that they pull out of him. Is human stuff, yeah, bicycles, is, yeah. And yeah. Things, yeah. yeah. Thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, so like he'd been completely trashed in the real world. His spirit's reflecting that, yeah. and I guess gets a bit ambiguous. I don't know how Chihiro saved the river. <laughs> I don't think the yeah. river's clean now, yeah. but the spirit's cool. Yeah, but no, there's so much of that. Like I see, I kind of see the train as a metaphor for human influence and the way that the environment is. Like you got this train running in water. Yeah. Um, so we're like, we're sitting here burning and burning, and uh, we're gonna keep burning until the water takes us all. Yeah. I guess it's very, it's very poignant in terms of it, it's an early, early two thousand nineteen nineties film sort of mm-hmm. thing, and you can see the trajectory of how human life has developed in the last twenty years. It's gotten like, better. It's gotten, oh, it's gotten <laughs> so much better. But like, it's it's a very you can point to it as almost like a a point in time of being like oh they kind of knew that this was going to happen and they kind of pushed and knew that, yeah, in the future it was only going to get worse. So mm-hmm. to make that film and to have this, like, amazing, beautiful thing of nature, this dragon, like, be covered in muck and all of this, is very, I don't know, it's very touching. And mm-hmm. it, it, it spoke, to, it definitely spoke to me when I was watching it. Is there uh, is there any other Studio Ghibli films that you feel strongly connected to? Or is it, this is, like, the one that you're... This one's definitely the strongest. Yeah. Um, 
all the other ones were definitely like meaningful and, and I really enjoy them a lot. Mm. Um, like I think the first the first one I remember is Kiki's Delivery Service, mm. um, but I think I think I didn't quite grasp a lot of it. Even though like it's every all these movies you could show to an eight year old and they'd be like, I get that. It's I like, think I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure Spirited Away was specifically a movie Miyazaki was like I want to make a movie for a ten year old. Yeah. Um, Specifically a 10-year-old girl, but, I mean, it works both ways. All of his protagonists are 10-year-old girls. (laughs) Yeah, I I read a a fun fact. Apparently he spends, I I think he spends, like, a lot of time with his family, like, obviously in his spare time, as we all do. Um, And I think he had a niece or a a daughter or something like that, and I think he drew a lot of inspiration from that for a lot of his characters. Um, And that obviously comes through, especially in, in Chihiro. Like, I don't necessarily agree with this description, but, like, one of the articles was that she is has and again i don't agree with this but she has a bland character design so that you can kind of impart that being on yourself and it's kind of like i likened it again off air like to spider-man where it's like it's the reason that he's made that way is because he's the everyman he's the every person so that anyone can jump in and have that foil yeah everyone can everyone can can do that Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely felt that with Shiro. It's like it's strange to me to be sat there and be like, "Oh my god, I feel like a ten-year-old girl." <laughs> but like, it's that kind of aspect of it of being like, "Yeah, it's very relatable feelings. It's very relatable situations, especially in in your case, like moving from from America mm-hmm. uh, over to the UK." I mean, I think just feeling weird as a kid. Yeah, like I think mm-hmm. this movie really encapsulate encapsulates that. I think that is universal. If you didn't feel weird as a kid, you're, I don't think you're real. I think you're probably fake. You're a robot or an alien. The age where you become self-aware enough yeah. to be like, oh shit, I have to find my place in this world. I can't just continue to exist. I mean, I feel like continuing to exist would be, if if I could just coast, that'd be that'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, we're not allowed to just do that. And I think you realize that I'm going to say it about. Yeah, probably about 10. Yeah. yeah. I think that sounds about right. You start to like look, you realize you have a thought instead of just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at 30, you start to realize you need to actually work on those things. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to reference the, the suitors I was talking about earlier was The Tale of Princess Kaguya, yeah. which is another fantastic film, but very different. I have not watched that one. Highly so recommend. One of the sort of big questions that I wanted to ask you as well is that obviously it being a special film to you obviously it's got a lot of ties to um like your upbringing and your childhood has there been anyone that you've like shown this to and did they react in like the right way the way that you wanted to <laughs> i love that you've, you've asked this yeah. um i have shown it to several different people most recently um i showed it to a close friend of mine he was like it was okay, and I, I I didn't realize at the time I got oh. extremely defensive. Oh my god! Did you reconsider that friendship? <laughs> I reconsidered ever showing the media again. <laughs> um, but no, that is a great question. If someone says like, "Oh, I've never watched a Studio Ghibli movie before," I'm yeah. like, "Let's go. Let's go. Uh, this is a good start." I think uh, mostly because I think it encapsulates a lot of the themes that are pretty regularly present in Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. Um, I think the animation and the world that exists are extremely evocative. Not many of them really start like, oh, this is just like a like a little town, and then like, nope, it's not. Guess what? <laughs> uh, but it's just a really good introduction to this sort of style of film, which is pretty. There's a there's a certain consistency. They're all very different, but there's a certain consistency of Studio Ghibli movies. And I guess if you were to start, I would probably recommend. I would recommend Spirited Away or Princess yeah. Mononoke. Because, yeah, definitely for me, where I'm potentially, like, I want to go and watch more Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. films now after watching this. So it's, like, it's an interesting perspective. I know a couple of people uh, very kindly, obviously, gone out and, and watched it this week where I've been promoting it and saying, oh, we're going to be covering Spirited Away. So, yeah, I'm sure that there'll be a couple of people that'll be looking to watch uh, watch another Studio Ghibli film, like, after this. Or definitely any recommendations that you have uh, had heard. Yes, that. Um, House Moving Castle is also... Such a wonderful movie. I like OST of Howl's Moving Castle is a very regular thing for me. Spirited Away is Spirited Away is a special OST. Yeah. I, I can't play it too often. And I realized that in this movie, especially when the very first the very first ten seconds you hear the, the piano chord that goes on and I like don't cry, but I'm like, oh no. <laughs> it's beautiful. Music. Oh no, it's happening. Yeah. 
Have um, you, when you rewatch it as an adult, do you are you brought back to kind of that that place that you were? Do uh, you? Yeah, like you... I I don't I don't remember the movie theater at all. Yeah. Um, but I can remember the feelings. Yeah. Um, like I can even remember like. Like, okay, I need to time, I need to leave right now because I'm overwhelmed. It was it was the paper dragon yeah. thing. I just like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> so I did miss some of that scene when I was a yeah. kid because I just couldn't handle it. And I, I like, I, that scene makes me anxious. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and it's obviously like, if I'd watched it, if this is my first time watching it, I would yeah. be, I'd be like, oh no, what's happening? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that way. Yeah. But I mean, you see the, you see Haku bleeding and you're like, Oh no, he might die. Yeah, because you've definitely you've seen this kind side to him. Like everyone else is like good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Everyone like you've seen the kind side to him. Mm-hmm. You know that he is a good a good person in that, or a troubled person at the very least. So yeah, yeah definitely hurt seeing him like almost like dying at that yeah. point. Like it's scary. This was. I mean, you've said it a million times. You stop saying it so often. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So like, you haven't watched any of these movies, really. No. Would you like now that you have seen this? I'm I'm curious what you're sort of what to what you would expect out of oh other. God. I mean, there's only like he's turning the interview back on me. I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> I don't want to have to answer every question. Someone else answer questions. <laughs> Sorry, please go on. Uh, but no, like it is. I've only ever come at this with like when you when you consume something as a child. And you really, really like it as a kid. Very rarely, I find, will you ever be like, actually, that's bad now, and I don't want to keep watching it. Yeah, I heard um, an opinion from someone very recently. Um, they said they don't want to go back and rewatch a lot of their childhood films because they're worried that that nostalgia is such a key part in why they enjoyed it, and maybe the product itself wasn't as loved as they remember it. That makes so me a little bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's very sad. It was, it was a hard conversation to actually have in hindsight because um, like with with me I didn't feel I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff when I look back and I watch the things that I loved as childhood whether it's Scooby-Doo or um, I'm trying to think of anything else right now it was it's just all Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo for James Scooby-Doo off the top of my head but like when I go back and Name watch it one movie James <laughs> it's, I, I can't oh my god <laughs> it's it's very like the the love of the product still mm-hmm. shines through for me like mm-hmm. I'll never I don't think I'll look back on things and be like oh it's it's bad it's objectively bad or, or good or whatever I just have a love for it like I don't know I think it's very much and, and obviously this is a gross generalisation but two types of people who fit into like you're saying people who think yeah, yeah. I don't want to rewatch things because it might lose it and generally don't find that much enjoyment from rewatching things and then there's people who love to rewatch things for the fact that you see it in a different way yeah. each time and you notice different things I'm definitely in the latter in mm-hmm. I will rewatch things to a point where people will be like, how can you possibly still watch that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I just like it. Yeah. Um, it I either mean, becomes very comforting background because I know what's going on yeah. or I see completely different things in it. Yeah. And to take it back to Spirited Away, it's a movie that you can watch 10 times. And depending on the mood you're in, if you're in a different mood yeah. each time, the place you will in, see yeah. 10 slightly different versions of that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me and tell you. Yeah. Joining the working world suddenly put a very big different very big perspective on that. I was like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> she has to do stuff now. now I have I to do stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a couple of uh, rapid fire sort of questions for cool, you cool, both cool. Uh, in mind. Um, Should we put our microphones we'll together? I've got, I've got two in mind at the moment. I'll see if I can think of any more off the top of my head. But favorite character in this? Oh no, already immediately hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, if you had to put it down to one, if I had to put it down to one, um, probably Lynn. I love yeah. Lynn. Whenever she's on, I I just think she's like, she's very relatable. Yeah. Like I've known Lynn. Uh, I've had a, I've had a Lynn at a lot of jobs. Basically, <laughs> every every person who is like, <laughs> kind of sick of it. Yeah. But uh, does care about you. I know. I know that person. Very and nurturing. Definitely. Also, like. I don't have time for this, but I'm going to try and make time yeah. is, is a very sweet uh, feeling to me. Um, I think so often either me or someone else is struggling with like something small that should be very easy. Like when she was just trying to write, put the rope around the bicycle yeah. and then Lynn just comes in and just does it real just quick. It. I think about that scene a lot. 
So if I had to say, it'd probably be Lynn. Yeah. No face gets a big. Up no face too. does get a big, big up. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Mark? What do you What do you reckon is a favorite character? Difficult one. I am looking at the the cast list, character list right now. Mm. Um, but the first thing that jumped out, weirdly enough, is the tiny little soot monsters. Yeah, they're oh, great. Course. Mainly because be they remind really. me of of my cats, and so immediately <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, they're oh, so yeah, adorable. So, um, you... so I don't think they have a name, but I'm going to go with. Soot sprites, I love um, sprite. because they are out of all the characters in the film. They're they're probably the most pure-hearted yeah, seeming. They are like cats, so small, much. fearful, but then very confident and with a with a lot of attitude. Um, now I'm gonna dive into one hour monologue on how much I love cats. But <laughs> yeah, probably probably the soot sprites. Yeah, if you... I love I love the bit when they. He throws the stars at them, and they all just go bananas. They're <laughs> just going mental for them. But it was—I liked that a lot. The first time I saw those stars in real life, I was like, "They're real." It's just sugar. It's just sugar candy. Um, but interestingly, that you brought that together. If you look at like the picture of the Sid Sprite, and then you go to Kiki's delivery service, uh, her cat Gigi, like the face just looks the same. <laughs> it's just like black, big eyes. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, I think if if you'd asked me like before, I probably would have said Chihiro. Yeah. But I think that is also I'm I'm definitely still projecting heavily onto her. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions I was going to ask was, and I guess it's I've got one one aspect of it for you, Mark, and I've got maybe two aspects for you. I'm not sure how it will how it'll go. But watching it as a kid, if you had to sum it up with one emotion, and then when you watch it as an adult, what's that one emotion, and have they changed? definitely changed watching as a kid I, I had I had a lot more like of a weird kid inner turmoil I, I mentioned it before I'm gonna say it now uh, the first time I can remember watching a movie yeah uh, was Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory <laughs> and I could not stand that this monster demon was terrorizing these children I could do I, a whole hour podcast on who the real villain yes. of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory is and it's Grandpa Joe <laughs> and I will die on that hill everyone I'm so glad the that benefits getting, thief Grandpa Joe he gets the hate he deserves he does sorry please go on um, but like everyone else around me was not like they were just enjoying a movie and meanwhile these kids lives are being irreparably damaged they're being traumatized I see I still so blame hard. the kids to this day I still <laughs> genuinely don't see the fault of Willy Wonka we've got movie. two sides of it. we've got victim blaming <laughs> the other side. I see the, the greed and arrogance of the children being the cause of it which ultimately <laughs> you blame are... the parents for, for bringing That's them true. up like that yeah. um, but uh, okay he's, he's mental and health and safety is something he's clearly not acquainted <laughs> with but Willy Wonka is trying to do a decent thing in a way um, while also trying to borderline enslave someone to follow in his footsteps yeah. that's true but going back up to the spirit away we'll do we'll get to you willy wonka <laughs> <laughs> we will trust We're me we will <laughs> maybe one wonka comes one out wonka comes out yeah <laughs> but watching it as a kid definitely like i felt dare i say it spirited away oh my god <laughs> get out he said get the out. thing he no, said the thing <laughs> Boiling down to one emotion, I think is going to be impossible. How dare you ask me this? I'm so sorry. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, this was definitely, as a kid, probably the first time I really engaged with the movie and felt a lot of complex feelings about yeah. it. Like every character, they're all kind of shady. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, it's hard to just be like. Apart from the frog. The frog. He's amazing, <laughs> and I love him, and he's my favorite. We character. need to figure out his name. Yeah. Um, uh, I can tell you one thing. As an adult, I definitely felt a much more articulate feeling on this movie, which was, to put it to one emotion, would yeah. have been difficult. But definitely, like, it was, it was clear to me, one, I know the outcome of the movie. Yeah. It's a lot easier to surmise on that. Sort of, I guess, the way of, like, pride, almost? Like, you see, you know you know how Shiro's going to make it. Yeah. She's going to grow as a person and sort of realize some true facts about the world around her yeah um, it's not like a, a bridge to Terabithia or whatever it is where it's uh, 
Ooh, spoiler <laughs> <laughs> you know she's gonna be okay mm-hmm. like or at least you, you hope that she's gonna be okay yeah wait they're not okay at the end of bridge of terabithia i need to go back and watch bridge of terabithia i'm 30 minutes away from finishing oh, no. oh god oh god <laughs> they they build the bridge yeah. <laughs> just so that the end <laughs> um but yeah like i mean a simple coming of age story sort of very it it knows what it's about and it does it i'm gonna say perfectly like there's it is evoking the themes at once it shows what she obviously sees as wrong in the world mm-hmm. and she knows how she can make the world a better place yeah and then she finds a way to do it yeah and i'm like yay and then she goes on the other side of the tunnel and is all right yeah it's interesting like again one of the the articles that i was reading about it just doing a bit of background reading it's like at the start she's there like gripping her mom's yeah. arm like terrified going through this tunnel mm-hmm. and at the end she's like the one sort of leading them and pushing them through this mm-hmm. tunnel sort of thing i'm like i don't know if she's actually leading she isn't experience, i so. actually i thought the opposite well, i realized really? that um i'm pretty sure the two scenes are almost they're pretty much replicates uh, yeah, yeah. um and to like and my first thought was like, that's a really interesting way to end it. Like she is still anxious about yeah. continuing on with her life, which is super relatable. Yeah, yeah. Like this is, she's doing the unknowingly first time she's going into a whole different world, yeah. but then she has to now embrace the real world again. She's yeah. like, she's still gripping onto her mom. She's like, I'm still don't know about this. Um, but she has, I mean, I think the last words in the movie are, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Or like, Something along those lines, which was not how she felt at the beginning. So, Am I imagining things or when they go back is the car like super overgrown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long is there ever supposed to be any it's interpretation? ambiguous. Of... Yeah. It is. Um, I like to imagine that the movers did get to their house and just didn't meet them and they moved in. Mm-hmm. And it's both of the, her parents lost both of their jobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just didn't show up for work for weeks. I was thinking more along the lines, it's only been a few days, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. Uh, magic has caused the nature around that tunnel to grow back very quickly i think that makes sense i think it is also super ambiguous how much time passes even like magic like event horizon whatever notwithstanding in the bathhouse we have no idea how long it's been it could have yeah. been a week it could have been several months yeah. yes. i don't yeah. know it could have been, yeah it can be any- I, I was also watching out um like she still has that purple hairband that yeah. geneva gave her so like it's pretty clear that that did happen like yeah. the car the hairband like all of that was real whether or not that's a in like an increasing metaphor of how your feelings are real like yeah. don't don't discount something that maybe was fantastical or strange or really only made you feel a certain way because that feeling is important yeah but also like i think it is also supposed to imply that maybe I don't know, Chihiro doesn't remember it? Mm. Or, because I mean, I don't know if I were you, but I'd be telling my parents all about the weird stuff that yeah, just happened. Yeah, it's like, oh, dad, by the way, you got turned into a pig. And yeah, like, I saved you, so yeah. you owe me like... You owe me. At least, I don't know. It kind of, in a way, it kind of speaks to how one of the points that you made earlier, like you said, I don't remember specifically that movie for Yeah, you, but like, obviously with Chihiro, it's like she's going to remember she's going to remember at least the feelings and the thoughts and like how she comes out of it. And it's going to obviously, if you took that onwards in that mythical, like uh, fictional world, she's obviously going to take those lessons forward and learn from it in the same way that, that you took a lot of those lessons forward and a lot of those feelings that you fall back on. Like for these sure. Days. You never truly forget. No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> remember that one from the movie we were talking about? Also rivers remember. So yeah, don't stop polluting. Yeah. Just stop oil. <laughs> unless, unless it's one shoe, then it's cute. <laughs> um, was there was there anything else that like I haven't sort of questioned you about or that you've been thinking about this week that you wanted to touch on before we move on to the next segment? Hmm. I'll never forgive Miyazaki for making a lizard look appetizing. The newt when she's like, yeah. yeah. He shouldn't be able to play with me that way. Seo <laughs> Ghibli does do excellent food. Yeah, <laughs> um, they do. Oh, whenever it's animation like that as well, my God. Like mm-hmm. Animated food just looks so much better than real food, I swear. I don't know. If, some, if you ever get into some silly fantasy world where like, whoa, I've been taken to, to this fantasy universe, 
just put me in Studio Ghibli. I can take the food. That's <laughs> yeah. all I want. But on a on a more realistic thing, um, yeah. I. I think I wanted to touch a little bit on Mark. You mentioned like how everyone is neither good nor bad. Yeah. I don't know where I put you here on that. She feels very like middle of the road. Yeah. But she's she does feel always good. I don't think even in the beginning. Like I I know someone who's like oh, she's so annoying in the beginning. And I'm like <laughs> she's trying her best. Yeah. She's the the innocence of that movie. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And I think as like a device for trying to explain that everyone is complicated Chihiro sort of breaks it a little bit Mm. but I really I think it is really important if you're going to be making this sort of movie and having that not one person is the antagonist sure you you could say like uh Yubaba yeah clearly doing something bad to her right now um no face ate three people not cool uh but like I don't know. I like all of them, and I think a lot of people can learn from just pretty, like, if making someone evil is never going to be a very good way of going about telling a story. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a very easy way of demonstrating that, and yeah. I liked it very much. And that's think, all I have to say about yeah. that. I think there's a lot of good lessons uh, that you can take through it from Spirits Away. I hope there's a lot of good lessons that like Studio Ghibli learned about, obviously, their filmmaking, and they... I, I hope to they see didn't learn anything. They no, nailed it. it. Was perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that, that well, sound. I hope they just continue to improve. Uh, well, he's, he's, he's making. Sound, uh, sound he's he's coming out of retirement. I think for the I'm going to say twelfth time <laughs> for <laughs> his last movie. For anyone that uh, hasn't checked out Spirited Away, I really implore you to to go oh, away and watch it. It's a really magical film, and I hope that we'll fun a little story about obviously how impactful it was on his life and i've just been very grateful that he's come in and and spoken about it the first the first episode to come and do that so it's i hope it gives you a taste of kind of what we're aiming for for this pod it's to to bring people on to really learn more about them in my life because a lot of that things that will spoke about i hadn't pieced it together like obvious like looking back in hindsight now it's obvious that we're going to move on to our final segment of the the show, and it's just going to be what we're what we've been watching and what we've been up to in the last uh, couple of weeks. Just a little. You got five seconds. You got. Five. <laughs> I was. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to start on that? So I just finished the the latest season of The Witcher, yeah. which everybody else seems to despise, um, <laughs> but I still enjoyed. Maybe it's because I I never played the game, did and you ever, so did you read the books. At all I did not. not. So just finished that, which I enjoyed. Second season of The Uncanny Counter has come out. A, a Japanese show that I really liked that was yeah. that was pretty good. What's it, what's also, it about? It's also spirit related somewhat. Basically, five people are inhabited by spirits that basically embody death, but in a very positive way, yeah. and are brought back from comas to be allowed to live their life and in exchange have to ensure that evil spirits pass out of the current realm. But then it's got sort of action elements to it and they have somewhat superhuman strength type things and yeah, yeah. yeah won't go into it too much but but highly recommend it. it's a good watch and then the next season of always sunny i'm waiting for that to finish so i can yeah. binge the hell out of that <laughs> one releases or is it not quite out yet or i think they episode? were releasing episode by episode oh, okay, uh, yeah. they might actually be done now yeah. i'm not sure but yeah excited to watch to watch that and then things other things that i've watched I watched the Venom Let There Be Carnage, which I actually oh, didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't yeah. mind Venom. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to massively, massively dislike it, yeah. but it was it was okay. I love going into a movie just like, oh, God, I hate this movie. And then Barbie and Oppenheimer on the yeah. radar to watch. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's everything yeah. for me at the minute. What about you, Will? What you just good? finished um, watching all the extended Lord of the Rings. I've never watched all of the extended stuff. i watched Lord of the Rings before aghast at this i know <laughs> i i come off as oh he's nerdy he'll watch all of it but it was very interesting to me like because i haven't watched all the lord of the rings in a little while yeah and like being so clearly like that's extended mm. that's extended is <laughs> um, the best part about rewatching something for like the fifth time is watching the extended version yeah <laughs> favorite one <sighs> that's a good question i think i'm gonna have to mm, I think I'm probably Return of the King. Yeah. Um, I just think everyone's... I'm a big fan of character interaction. Mm. And I think they've sort of... Everyone's sort of... One, I think there's a lot of my favorite interaction. Because I think like what I like most about that movie is mostly just 
Sam and Frodo trying their best. And that's where they're sure trying their best. I definitely cry at the at the very end, always. Mm-hmm. Very end? Yeah. Frodo. Yeah. To put spoilers. spoilers. Frodo departing. Mm-hmm. Definitely gets me every time. I also recently found out that apparently the world is flat for elves. I don't know how that mm. works. So, <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah, if you read the, the Silmarillion and some of the unfinished tales and things, it goes into a lot of detail about the, the background and things, and everybody just sort of moves flat across the earth from distant realms that do exist but are inaccessible, and that's how Middle-earth starts. Completely insane. Mm. <laughs> Still haven't played Tears of the Kingdom yet. It's going to happen yeah. pretty soon. That's pretty good. I've, I've only seen good things, and like I'm hoping that I'm hoping I can get a hand, my hands on it at some point soon and play that. As someone who has never heard that name before, care Zelda. to enlighten me? Zelda, ah, the, you know, so they did Breath of the Wild? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the sequel to... Uh, oh, to so I've watched hours of YouTube on this. On, you can <laughs> build, like, that. vehicles and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I played Breath of the Wild, but I didn't realise that was the name. Yeah, yeah. I had assumed it was called Breath of the Wild 2, but I now I know it's I not. I think it was under that pseudonym for a really long time before they called it. Okay. Yeah. It does look good. Yeah. So that's my... And how about you, James? Oh, what about Thanks for you? asking. <laughs> so this week's, you know, I went and watched the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, see what they were doing. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. If you're an adult, if you're, <laughs> if you're a child, I think the animation style is really unique and it's really great. But I think it's kind of a bit, I think it's just a little bit unsettling. And I think it's built that way because like a lot of it is, the, the central theme of the film is kind of, Oh, the, the the turtles are not accepted by society. So like, yeah. So it's from their perspective a bit. So the humans are like very unsettling looking and that kind of thing. But like, even the villains in this and the mutants that are in it is kind of like, I think, be warned if you're going to take your kid to watch this because I think there might be a few sleepless nights in there as well. But you it's pretty like good. When Violet Beauregard turns yeah. into a blueberry, <laughs> like that. Like, that. like that. it's more. It's even more unsettling than that. Violet I'm gonna have to go back yeah, and rewatch this because is it last name Beauregard? Yeah, right. Violet. Yeah, Violet. Violet. You're turning Violet. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm gonna have to well. rewatch this now because you guys are painting it in a much darker light yeah. than my my memories. Oh, All of I them think it's ruined. as dark as you want it to be. Someone's blue forever, James. Yeah. Oh They're permanently God. ostracized oh from society. Oh my God. <laughs> Does he not clarify that it's like all reversible or fixable? No, I don't remember that. Okay. Other stuff that I'm watching, Invincible Season 2 got a trailer very recently, and it's obviously expanded, it's massive. It's going to be a little while, I think it's November or October, but I've been watching little clips of Season 1 again. I think I might re-watch all of Season 1. I worry about where they can go with it though with it's, the whole Veltramites are unstoppable yeah. it's all done. his dad's it's, unstoppable he's coming back at some point so what and maybe they do? will embrace that and they'll yeah. be like what's the point we're yeah. all gonna get murdered yeah. soon anyway but I'm intrigued to see how they how they deal with that because yeah. you've you've set up a Superman type character who yeah. is invincible unstoppable uh, not oh my god the he's, guy he's, weirdly, he's, not, he's like, like, no, not the main guy um and so how do you how do you combat that? I mean, yeah. they've managed to get a lot out of Superman, yeah. who arguably should be the same of just, well, he's going to win. He's gonna, so yeah. <laughs> what's the point in going any further? It's interesting because like the whole show, as I think Will, Will said, mm-hmm. it's, it's, all, it's all written. Like it's, all written. It's, a comic, it's a comic first, so they've got this rich history they can draw from. And I think it's, it's Robert Kirkman, so he did like Walking Dead. He's using the show to flesh out the world more. And like it, it, in his words, he was like, I want to correct the mistakes that I made. So it's it's when it's all said and done, all the dust sailed. The show might be better than the, the comic, but everyone knows. If you try and like for like the comics, you're gonna yeah, no. you're gonna well, bomb. Yeah, but I don't know if you know they uh they released. So there's a side character in it called Atom Eve, and yeah. they released a one hour spin off episode uh, that is on her origin. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch that uh, oh, now. Like a little, little prelude. Like you Bria know uh, Bria Community. from Community. Yeah. It's, I I can't. Her name slipped me right now. Britta. Britta, sorry. Britta. Uh, I'm going to cut I that. I still <laughs> never watched the I'm film. I'm an expert. <laughs> there was a film released with her and... Yeah, I can't elaborate, so cut that also. <laughs> just, just five minutes are gone on um, Invincible Season 2. Yeah. That, and characters with infinitely scaling power. Yeah. It made me remember I really want the next season of One Punch Man yes. to, to come out. I am yeah. desperate for that. And I... 
follow the the Reddit that releases the the raw manga for for One Punch yeah. Man, and I've not kept up, which annoys me. But I've seen enough bits and pieces that I'm desperate to see, and I should just read really yeah. if I'm that desperate. But part of me is like, <laughs> I, I want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I, in that year. I need to I'm find reading. somewhere where I can actually, yeah, access it online, which is probably incredibly easy if you actually just google where can i read one punch man manga yeah. but really excited for the next season of that because that show is one that i've watched on repeat yeah because it's I've very seen easy watching season one is great and it's i i watched that when it came out on netflix and yeah i had a really good time with it so season i think it's season, is it season two season three sorry season two is out season yeah. three is the one i'm waiting on yeah. Yeah. and season it gets two was not so good. stepped up yeah. craziness um <laughs> Season, yeah, season two was still good, but I agree. Season one was better. Season three will either bomb mad or be incredible because of the sheer amount of characters mm. that, that you're going to have in season three. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely I'll put that on my radar as well. I didn't know season two was uh, out on like Netflix and platforms and stuff. So yeah, I'll put that on my radar to watch as well. I think, I think yeah. we can round the show off there. Um, I think we've... If you want to reach the show, um, I'm got setting up the Instagram page, so that's there. You can always drop us a message if you've got any questions. If you've got a topic that you want us to talk about, like drop us a question, and we can always get a line going. And 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 again, I reiterate: if you want to come on the show, if you want to get share your story or share a film or property that you're really excited about or have ties to, drop me a message, and we can sort that out as well. I think the other guys have set up uh, Instagram pages as well, which I'll I'll link in my uh, on the on the. Uh, we are not movie critics insta as well if you wanted to get in touch with them but yeah that's the show and i hope you guys enjoyed so cool 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 bye bye